listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So the mixed messages from China seem to keep on coming. The latest move by the government has been to relax visa controls to allow more businesses uh, or more business people to travel to China. Yet policies still seem to be somewhat against foreign firms entering the market. So how is this all going to marry up? Well, I don't think it is going to marry up. That's the problem. I mean, basically, the, the leadership would like to maintain very tight control over security and continue to have fairly aggressive foreign policy well, at the same point, encouraging Western investors to uh, do either long-term uh, foreign direct investment or portfolio investment into stocks and bonds. And unfortunately, that you can't have it both ways. People basically don't trust the attitude of the government towards the West and towards the private sector in general. I mean, as an example, a very good friend of mine uh, just had a visa raid in his flat in Beijing a couple weeks ago. Um, and it, they nothing really happened except that nine police officers showed up at his door. And so it's a form of intimidation. And that kind of behavior is not going to be very welcoming to investors. In fact, one large fund uh, told me that they consider China uninvestable. I don't think that's completely true because there are opportunities, certainly in high tech and so forth. Uh, but it's a very difficult climate. And then this clampdown on this visa, okay. I mean, I've no, I've had quite a lot of Westerners obviously have left because of the COVID policies. You're not really attracting them to come back if they're starting to hear reports of this. Um, but is it not that they need to get this foreign money to come back in order to try and start lifting the economy, or can they actually just do it domestically? Well, that's a good question. I mean, FDI historically has been very important for the growth of China over the last 20, 25 years. I mean, the auto sector did quite well. Uh, semiconductors, a lot of that is foreign-owned. And um, it, so I think that there's uh, – uh, but recently I think it's a little less important uh, because, there, as you pointed out, there's a lot of domestic activity in the um, economy. Now, going forward, what they really want is the trade flows. That's extremely important, and access to things like semiconductors and high-tech uh, high chips. That's one reason why there's been this charm offensive going forward. Uh, so I, I think that's probably more important than the inward uh, economic flows. But do you see the U.S. or the Western countries actually starting to soften their stance on semiconductor chips? I mean, even if China goes on a charm offensive, isn't this more about egos and wanting to be the bigger economy rather than just purely down to politics? No, I, I mean, there's security concerns on all sides about uh, the use of technology for military purposes. Uh, I mean, certainly I would agree that Washington has probably overdone it and thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And there is some signs that there's an awareness of that, and there's some attempts to try to increase uh, rapprochement. Uh, the problem is it's very difficult because chips can be used for a variety of purposes. So it, it's very hard to fine-tune those policies, and Washington has certainly not done a very good job about it. Yeah, and you touched on security there. I mean, you've got a government that is very focused on security, power of the party. Same time, they're trying to open up the economy. Those two things don't go hand in hand either. So again, you've got to try and find this balance. And how do you do that? Well, I don't think they are finding the balance. I mean, the, the 31 points that were issued last month 
to encourage the private sector were basically calls for the private sector to do more to support the Chinese, the growth of China. There was very little in those 31 points that said, okay, we're the government, we're going to try to help the private sector by increasing bank loans or, you know, reducing our tax rates, uh, which has happened a little bit. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's this effort to try to get the private sector to support the goals of the party state rather than to exercise their own growth uh, per se. Um, and I think t certainly killing the gig economy, or at least reducing its scope uh, several years ago, uh, cut out a lot of opportunities for job growth. And now we've just gotten seen this effort by the party to do a land grab for money uh, with, I believe it was Country Garden, has set up a charity, uh, a huge sum of money uh, to support – we're not sure what the charity is going to support, but it's essentially kind of an implicit tax on the large tech companies. So I'm not seeing a lot of signs that there's any backing away from the, the hardcore efforts. My only uh, feeling is that going forward, the expense of security controls are going to conflict with the need for the economy to uh, have for growth. You can't spend on, you know, guns without subtracting from butter. So that may be a choice that the leadership will face. But as you touched on, you know, the gig economy has kind of been somewhat curbed. I wouldn't say obviously diminished or anything, but it has been curbed. You do have high youth unemployment. That's a very, very big social stability worry. Um, and yet, while they got the rhetoric, they're not actually putting the proposals in place. How do you start increasing the confidence, and especially in the youth, in terms of giving them the ability to get jobs and therefore create a life for themselves and then increase their confidence and start consumer spending. What do they, how, what, what do they do at this point? Yeah, yeah, that, that's precisely the problem. And the youth unemployment could be a, quite a, a problem for social stability. I'm seeing no signs that companies like Alibaba and Ant Financial are allowed to assume their former growth path. There is some, what it looks like is that there's some attempt to create these sort of state-controlled uh, tech firms, gig, gig economy firms, that would be much more under the control of the central government either through ownership or through direct regulation. Uh, the problem with that is that you're, 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 then you have the government aspect, which is going to interfere with the growth of the, those particular uh, companies. So I don't think there's a lot of a clever policy making. It's really more on the stimulus side through the PBOC, through the central bank. They're quite experienced, and, and uh, the heads and the people in the bank are very knowledgeable. Uh, but that's not so much economic policy writ large as it is uh, tweaking at the margins through monetary policy. All right. We've got about 30 seconds left, and as I always like to do, um, is there anything that we should be keeping an eye on this week in China that we might not be or might not be aware of? Well, I'm looking to see if the 31 points gets any more uh, uh, push from the government. If they come through with, like, uh, larger bank loans – or other policies to encourage the private sector, I will be happy to see that. Apart from that, I, I'm not. There's nothing this week on the horizon that I'm looking at. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, we still got about 20 seconds. So I can probably ask one more quick question. Um, where do we? Where, when does China start picking up again? I guess it's a it's a question everyone wants to know. So, do you have any opinion? I don't think China is going to pick up. I think they they're in a structural decline. Uh, they use the property bubble for a decade to keep growth going. And that game is over. So, and they have nothing to replace it because the the high tech firms they're hope, hoping for are a very small part of the economy, as good as many of them are. Auto exports may be somewhat helpful, but there, there's really no substitute for a property bubble. 
All right. Well, that's all we have time for. So thank you very much for coming in. Um, have a good rest of the week. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.